Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering 1998's Stephen King's Night Flyer. One, zero, one, Bravo, Lima. Come in, over. I can't have you sitting in the middle of my runway. Respond, over. The Night Flyer, which one? <laughs> eh, the story was just called The Night Flyer, but of course the movie, they put Stephen King's The Night Flyer. Well, well you gotta, I'm sure he was like, make sure you put my name in there. If it's gonna be like my story, if it's not gonna be like my story, then fuck you and your lawnmower, man. <laughs> but I must still collect all the monies. Yes, he made a lot of money by suing those people, so. As he should have. <laughs> So this movie is starring Miguel Fiera as Richard Dees. Yep. And... We got uh, Dan Monahan, who you might remember from the Porky's movies as Pee-wee. I think that's his real big claim to fame is those movies, sadly. He is Michael Fiera's boss, and he's a major asshole. Yeah, well, no one in this movie is really a nice person. Yes, that's true. No one is. Uh, maybe the hairdresser lady. <laughs> so this, you are like, no pun intended. I wasn't say the king of Stephen King's novels. Tell us a little bit about the short story. And this is a short story, correct? Yeah, it was a short story. And the character of Richard Dees was originally in The Dead Zone. He was one of the guys trying to uh, get a hold of John Smith to get his story about the, all the psychic things that he was doing. And King liked the character because they made a mention in the Dead Zone novel that he had his own plane and he traveled from place to place looking for stories and doing, you know, taking pictures, doing all that kind of stuff on his own private plane. So then he started thinking about what kind of stories would a guy like that get involved with. And he thought about what if a vampire had his own private plane and was flying around. And the story's been in a couple of his collections. It was in one called Prime Evil that I think I have. Uh, there was like a collection of different short stories by just all kinds of horror authors. And then it was in the Nightmares and Dreamscapes, of the collection of all the Stephen King short stories that came out in the early 90s. Now, is it the same story in all those collections or different adventures the Night Flyer had? No, it's all the same story. Oh, okay. It's it just, yeah, although he 
does supposedly the character makes another appearance in a story that Stephen King did called Popsy about a guy who owes money to some gambling people and they tell him that they will cancel his debt if he brings them a kid. They just want a little boy for some reason. They don't specify why and he doesn't ask. So the guy goes to a mall to try and abduct a kid. He abducts a little pale boy standing out in front of the mall that's yelling for his popsy. He takes the boy in the car, handcuffs him. The boy proceeds to bite the shit out of him. And is also very strong. He also, he just about pulls loose from the handcuffs. And he keeps screaming, when my popsy comes, you're going to be sorry. Popsy comes flying in, tears the roof off the van, rips the guy's throat out, and gives the kid a drink of the guy's blood before he dies. And at the end of the story, there's a thing that from Stephen King that says, Do you think Popsy's the same guy from the Night Flyer? Yeah, he is. So, he <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Who does that? <laughs> of course he does. So, I guess the Night Flyer got lonely, and he was like, I'm just going to make a kid. I mean, he had killed so many kids anyways, might as well just keep one of them, right? Might as well hang on to one of them and make it a vampire. Interesting. Yeah, I think it would have been cooler if... He had the original Nightfire story, and then if he was going to have it incorporated in other short stories, like compilations, do use the same character, but have him in different stories, because he is going from airport to airport, so essentially, he could have different stories. Yeah, he could have been met different people along the way. But nevertheless, so we just kind of gave the synopsis of the film. Uh, we have, you know, a reporter who's trying to get his name back on the front page. Uh, he's kind of like a shock reporter. And this was clearly based on like that, like a combination of like the National Enquirer and like the Weekly World News back when it used to come out and it would have all the shit like Bat Boy found living in cave in Montana and aliens are running the U.S. It would have those kind of headlines. It was kind of a cross between the National Enquirer and that. And... They come, you know, they, they find out there's a story, uh, there might be a potential story because, you know, these small airports. People keep turning up dead. They keep turning up dead and the last call in is someone from, someone named Dwight Renfield. Yeah, that's not subtle. It's not subtle at all. And also, why would you choose Renfield's? And also, was he a fan of Darkwing Duck? Because D.W. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's it's actually it's Dwight Renfield, D.R., but in my mind, I'm like D.W. for Dwight. Um, yeah, very strange. But fine. Dwight Renfield is going around murdering people in small airports. I thought one of the airports... Which one of the airports that he landed in was the one from the Langoliers, but actually that was in Bangor, Maine. Oh, yeah. So it was in Maine, just not that part. Besides, the Langoliers wrecked that airport, anyhow. And well, be obviously before the Langoliers wrecked the <laughs> airport. Um, <laughs> so right off the bat, you have no, no pun intended. You have get it back. Get I got it. it. Oh, get I got it. it. Okay, okay. I just it wanna, wasn't subtle. We caught it. I just want to make sure that everyone got that. Um, we have you know an old man that's doing the you know night watch or whatever at the airport, and he's calling on to someone that's on the 
uh, I want to say highway, but that's runway. Not right. Runway. And the person does not want to move. He's not, you know, interacting with him. So he's going to have to get out of his little, you know, cubby hole or whatever to walk onto the runway to see what the fuck is going on and move whoever it is there. Because I guess they're not clear to be in that area. And the, the comment that he makes, he says, why do all the weird ones travel at night? And I'm like, obvi guy. The freaks come out at night. Because they're weird. That's why they're traveling at night. <laughs> That's the whole fucking thing. The freaks, they come out at night. That's why. That's the best time to be coming out. Even though you don't know until the end of the movie that technically he could have... Well, no, I guess he's sleeping during the day because he's a vampire, obviously. Yeah. I was going to say for looks-wise, he didn't have to because he could transform. Yeah. But this fucking guy is not trying to, and I mean guy, obviously, undead guy. He is not trying to hide the fact that he's a vampire. He has the most fucking majestic freaking cape I have ever seen. It has the high back collar. Yeah. It's flow, it's long as fuck. It's flowing in the fucking wind. I mean, this shit is like major cape. Big time. I'm not even in the over any of the Dracula movies that anyone has a fucking cape just fucking dramatic. Yeah, he obviously went to like the Spirit Halloween and got the deluxe cape because <laughs> he went all out on it. He's even got like the kind of like the old like the vampire necklace like with the jewel on it and everything. It was like they really went all out to make him look like the old timey vampire. Yeah, they were like, nah, we, we got to make an old timey vampire. We can't have. They should have just kept him in his old like uh, flight gear, but vampire up the flight gear i don't know how you would do that but you know just make it cool looking maybe like yeah that made a little more sense to have him in like an old time flight gear and even the plane if the plane had been more of a an older plane but i guess maybe he has to upgrade every now and then yeah you can't be flying around a fucking like world war one plane around that would be a little obvious big weird it's already a black fucking plane with red writing red writing on it see that yeah. multiple times so it's already uh a little eye-catching like okay that's 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 a plane that's kind of weird yeah like the black plane you won't see that flying around at night it's like its own little personal like uh camouflage there up against the night sky like in true you know vampire fashion the plane is like interiors covered with you know you got the fucking dirt he has to be traveling around. Yep. You got to sleep in his native soil, wherever that is. You know, wherever, Montana, because, you know, bat boy in the cave. Yeah. Um, with maggots and all. Very maggoty. Yeah, very wormy. And um, I don't know. I actually had never seen this film. This is my first time watching this movie. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say that when you describe this movie to me, say, oh, we're going to watch Night Flyers, Stephen King, yada, 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 yada. Why did I think you're going to laugh? I was like, oh, yeah, I may have seen this movie. That kind of sounds familiar. Because I was thinking of a completely different movie. I was like, oh, there's like a dad and some kids. And they're like in a garage trying to like fix up a like a old tiny like um you know like plane and that's a whole other fucking movie i don't remember the name of the movie <laughs> but that's a whole other movie <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i'll have to look it up later because that's what i thought this movie was 
Uh, yeah. And it, obviously this was not the movie. No. Not at all. Not at all. Michael Fierro's character, Richard, he is just, man, I, you know, the movie is supposed to have a character that's going to be either redeemable, someone that you hate and then you like in the end, someone that you like from the whole thing, you don't want them to die. I had no connection to anyone in this film. I was like, everyone in this movie is a fucking asshole. And there's shit that they do that just like is dumbfounded to me. And I thought, oh, these are reporters. So they're already cold-blooded. Yeah, they're cutthroats. Nobody in this movie is like, oh, we're going to get along and share a byline and everything's going to be heavy. No, they're out to cut each other's throat to get the story. And this is like many other Stephen King things. This has so many Stephen King-esque Easter eggs. Uh, you know, there's the the night flyer was coming in from Derry. Yeah. You know, I want to know, what does a vampire have to do in Derry? What kind of business? Was there like a monster convention around? And like, eh, you know, vampire, <laughs> night flyer come through? You know, there's there's things going on. There's lots of things happening there. Are you stopping that part of town? It's obviously going to be some things to see. I guess, I mean, I would say that it was a kind of a vampiric entity. Yeah, because he did take lives. Yeah, he was he was like feeding on fear. Yeah, so that's kind of like Colin Robinson, you know, energy vampire. Yeah, um, he he's his own vampire. So maybe they were you know having a drink. Who the fuck? They gotta get together and have you know talk about a talk shop. And then there's a scene where uh, one of the reporters is looking at you know the stories. They've got newspapers framed on the wall, and one of them is about a. Uh, it says something like. Uh, gypsy curse diet uh, kills lawyer, and uh, so it's obviously that's from Thinner. There's another one that uh, makes reference to a Stephen King short story. It says like uh, the the Strawberry Spring Killer or something like that. That's uh, or Spring Hill Jack. That's the one. There's a story Stephen King did called like Strawberry Spring that has that killer in it. They make another reference to a teacher that set her students on fire because she thought they were trying to kill her. That's one called Suffer the Little Children. It's also in the Nightmares and Dreamscapes uh, collection. So, yeah, there's a lot of little references to different Stephen King stories in there. It's, uh, I mean, for someone, obviously, that knows what's up, you're yeah. like, oh, look at all these things. Of course, I knew the thinner one. Yeah, that one was pretty obvious. The rest of them weren't so obvious. No, they weren't. You've actually had to have read. I had to read the story. Yeah, I read that Nightmares and Dreamscapes a couple of times, so... <laughs> Do you have a favorite part of the movie, or was there something that was different from the novel compared to the film? The story doesn't have the female reporter in it at all. It's nothing but D's. Okay. And uh, that was added to it, and the ending's a little different in the story. Um, here we go into spoiler territory. Spoiler for an over-20-year-old movie. Yeah. So, in the movie, uh, D's is shot and killed at the end by the police because he's blamed for the murders. In the story, he's not shot and killed. He is arrested by the police because they come in and find him covered in blood in the middle of all the bodies. They grab him. The story ends with him being slammed down onto the ground, him looking up and seeing the night flyer fly away in his plane. Uh, for me, the part of the story that always creeped me out in the story and in the movie is where, at the last of it, uh, Dees has finally tracked the night flyer down to where he's at at an airport and he goes in sees that you know all the people in the airport have been killed there's blood and bodies everywhere he gets you know a little sick he runs into the bathroom throws up is washing his face in the sink when he hears someone come in 
and in the background in the on the mirror you can see like the toilet suddenly behind him the urinal someone is pissing in the urinal they're pissing blood but you can't see the anything at all all you see is the blood coming out of nowhere and hitting the toilet and then the vampire just flushes the toilet turns around walks over and starts talking to Dee's, but you in the you know you don't see anything because you're only seeing the in the mirror so you're just hearing his voice and all that and it's creepy in the book and it's pretty creepy in the movie too yeah that part where there's like just blood like blood piss in the urinal it's like yeah. whoa that one i've never seen that we've seen a shit ton of vampire but Fails. yeah, that's that's one I, I've never seen in any other story before. It was that one. And yeah, you think, yeah, don't they have to go to the bathroom if they're ingesting something? Yeah, they're dead, but I feel like you would you can only be filled with so much blood that you would have to piss, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things that you don't really think about. Yeah. You know, what? So that was kind of a, a, an interesting little twist on this one that I've never seen before or since. The kills in the film are pretty good, I have to say. I thought this was a made-for-TV movie because it has that kind of, like, look to it. Yeah, it was a made-for-HBO, but it did get, like, a limited theatrical thing. But it was one of those things, like, it played in just enough theaters to say it had a theatrical release, you know? Yeah. And uh, I I really did like the kills. They were gruesome, and (sighs) they were pretty graphic. Um... The vampire is not one to just suck the blood and then just leave a corpse behind. I mean, he's like decapitating bodies and throwing body parts all around. And the whole way he drinks blood is different than other vampires, too. You know, he doesn't just have two little fangs. He's got two giant tusk-looking things that he's drinking blood from. So it leaves a much bigger hole. Yeah, and he, like, is opening his mouth, like, huge. Yeah. To, like, wrap his whole mouth on the sides of the neck to get... To suck you know, the blood out from each like artery on each side simultaneously. Which you would think about it. I mean, it is more effective if you could drain a body faster if yeah. you got two of the arteries at the same time. You're able to hit that, you yeah, know, as opposed to being suck them there. dry faster. I it always bothered me when, and this happens too, like in the vamp and uh, zombie films when. A vampire zombie is feeding on something and they take it for like five seconds and then they're like done and then they go away and I'm like, okay, you just left all those body parts. Like yeah. there's all this blood still left in the body. There's no way. Like you drink why are you wasting blood in two seconds, yeah. Yeah, they like waste blood and like arteries and whatever. It really bothers. I'm just like, can we take it? All the way. Like, it's one of those movie things like where they drink it for two seconds, but that's one of those movie tropes too, like where the people are being chased by the monster and they like they shoot the gun and they're oh I'm out of bullets. So they just throw the gun down and go on about their business. Well, maybe you'll find more bullets. I don't know. Hang on to it just in case, maybe. I don't know. But they it's just one of those things, like it just happens. Oh, uh, Richard, uh the Fiera character. He's just relentless. He's tracking down the story. It kind of has a little bit of a noir feel to it. I don't want to say like Maltese Falcon, but I mean, I have seen that film. But it did have a noir-esque feel because he's talking about what he wants and what is happening in his tape recorder as he's flying. Because he has a private little plane, um, the reporter yeah and he's hopping from you know he's following the trail 
of this vampire and the vampire, I guess, like likes the dude, like has a connection to him. I don't know because he could have killed him at any given point, but he's like leaving him notes like, stop following me, you know, beware, like leave me the fuck alone. And you find out later on, like he has the inside view, which is the name of the paper that they work for. He has like some of the copies in his plane. So he's a fan maybe, I guess because the guy was so fucking cold hearted. He was like, Hey, I like this guy. Cause I'm here out murdering people and he's fucking out here. Just Well, the story, he didn't really do that. They didn't really have any contact with him until the end, whenever he mm. ran into him in the bathroom, but because they needed to like, you know, the story, the story is pretty short. So of course you had to ramp it up a little bit for the, for the movie, so and, they had and, some other things. Yeah, and then also adding the female character in there, one, it gives it more meat because it's like the competition between the two reporters. Yeah. And then the way that they ended it, they had to have someone else to kind of carry out and also to see the plane leave because you told me that... Yeah, the reporter. The reporter, Vera character. Yeah, V saw it in the story, but... Yeah, so that was, I kind of didn't like that part of it. I wish they just left it a little closer to the book, but it's it's pretty close. It doesn't, it's not as bad as some of the Stephen King ones where it's completely different. Yeah, I think, I think if I would have read this short story, I wouldn't have minded either to have that extra character because it does give more meat to the story and also adds more character development for Fiera because you can see how, he kind of was a monster in his own right. Yeah. And adding this character that started out being someone that was green, you know, compared to him and just was kind of sympathetic. But, you know, how you start a job and you're all gung-ho about it, whatever, yeah. and then you become jaded as you are there. It wasn't long before it was like, it was gonna, like he told her, it does turn you. Yeah, it won't be long before you're you're jaded and hateful like me. Yeah, so, I mean, it didn't really take her long, but she just, she, she grabbed a hold of it, but it's like, you have to be detached because... They were taking photographs and just in the thicket of things, and there weren't, you know, daisies and fucking sunflowers. This no, is... you're taking, you know, dead kids' pictures at the uh, at the airport. Yeah, you you gotta be you gotta be stone cold for that shit because you can't be just tearing up every. You'd be crying up a storm. You wouldn't be able to do your job, even though the job was a, I think, a terrible job. I would yeah. not have that job. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. No, for like no money in the world. Hell no. But, and then I did want the vampire, obviously, to kill the Fiera character because yeah. I, I hated him so bad. Yeah, he wasn't a nice guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of the one of my favorite Stephen King stories that he's done. So it was good to see it. I kind of wish they would do a little bit, like, to me, this would be, you know, a little bit better Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. If maybe you could do, like, a really tight 45-minute story on it if you redid it, and that would be, you know... A pretty interesting way to see it again if they decide to remake it at some point, which they might. Who knows? Um, I also was really bothered by the fact that the Fiery character, when he starts seeing the bodies and he sees like, oh, there's a gaping hole on one side of the neck. There's another hole on the other side of the neck. 
I don't know. And I, my thing is like, I've seen so many horror films that if I would have seen some shit like that in real life, I'd be like, that was a fucking vampire. <laughs> and he's just like, this is just a serial killer. He's just a psycho that's out there. You know, even the like uh, mortician tells them like it's, they've been drained of their blood. Like, how would that be even possible? And the time frame, just, I would have had so many questions. And it wasn't, he's just one of those we had to see to believe. Yeah. And the seeing did not do well for him. It did not do him any good. No, he, he didn't, he didn't handle it well. Also, the other thing that I love, the part that I did like was the part in the bar when he get a bartender comes up with a drink and it's a bloody mary yeah and it's like oh this person from across the bar gave you know send you this drink and he looks and there's no one there and he's like describe him and he describes oh he looked like it was like he was dressed up in a halloween costume yeah so you know that it's the fucking vampire it's you know renfield and you're like uh hilarious he just walked into the bar in the full vampire, like, Dracula outfit. And ordered a Bloody Mary for fucking Richard and gave it to him. And then underneath, obviously, the drink, it's like, you know. Little nose that says stop. Stop. You know, so it's just, <laughs> I just thought that part was just so funny. I was like, of course. What else would you have sent him? Yeah. <laughs> Get the point, dude. <laughs> wink, wink. I'm not a subtle vampire. <laughs> And I have to say, when they do reveal the vampire's face for like five seconds, he was uh he was pretty cute. He was a pretty cute vampire. I mean, you know, I would When they mind. show his regular face. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Not when they show the full vampire like with the fangs and the I did not like the makeup for the vampire. No offense to the effects people, but K and B. Yeah, K and B, yeah. I did not care for it. It looked like a rotting old pumpkin man. I didn't like it. I love the hand and the nails. Yeah. And the fangs were fine, but I didn't like I don't know. I just didn't like the makeup of it. Yeah, it was a this is a very low budget movie. I mean so it's nineteen ninety eight, so Yeah, I, it's very low budget, so I'm sure they didn't have a lot to pour into that costume, you know? And then the mild CGI. I think that's actually what was the worst. Because there was some slight CGI involved when he opened his mouth. Yeah, they did so like a little bit of CGI animation on that one. So that's it, it kind that took me out of the film for yeah, a sec because it, it was just like, ooh, that didn't look good. That's one of those things they should have cut that down a little bit. It was like maybe three seconds if they'd had it just be one flash of it for like one second where you just saw a quick like thing of it and you were like not even sure if you saw it or not, you know, that would have been a little better. I would have been okay when he was like reveal show me your face. If they would have done more of a like a Morticia Adams just like view of the eyes, just like the you know just a thing of his eyes, you know when they shine the light on her eyes, oh yeah, like that, you know, and then and then just see the horror from Michael Fiera's face and not show the whole face, or maybe just like the fucking fangs, just show the mouth talking to him, just show like literally like his mouth up next to him talking to yeah, him, yeah, something like that. Because in the other scene in the bathroom, they cleverly, and I thought that's why they were trying to obviously do a Jaws, not reveal everything, you know, right then and there. But the way that they framed him and the vampire, you would see like the vampire's eye. The vampire's mouth, like in different scenes, and that was like the other noir thing that I felt like that yeah. using the shadows 
to like just show you what I want to show you between shadow and light and then block, you know, everything else, everything else. And I really like that technique that they use, which is a simple fucking technique. But I like the way that they did that. They should have done that later on when they showed, I mean, his face. But, you know, hey, say la vie. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. For what it was for the time, it it was fine. I'm just being obviously a stickler about it because I want to see, like, this devastating fucking... uh, Super makeup. Vampire. Yeah, because, I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula, when did that come out? That came out before 1998. Yeah, it was 92. So, I mean, and that looked fucking amazing. Yeah, but they didn't have Bram Stoker's Dracula budget on this one. They had, (laughs) they just had Bram's budget. They didn't have Stoker Dracula budget. (laughs) Uh, I give this film uh, two and a half knives. Two and a half fangs. There you go. We'll give it two and a half fangs on this one. (laughs) I'll go along with that too. It's good, but it's it's got its issues. But yeah, it's a good two and a half fang movie. This film is available on YouTube without ads. Yeah, but that's about the only place it's at right now. It is the only place. That's where we saw it. You can only get it in there. And it didn't look too terrible. It looked like I was watching it on a VHS tape. Yeah. So if you have ever seen a film on a VHS tape, that's what it looked like. That's if- probably what this was, to be honest with the VHS rip, because... The DVD of this has been out of print for years because I looked at the DVD and the DVD is like $80 if you want to buy it. If you've never seen a film on a VHS tape, this is going to look like Netflix low quality, you know, <laughs> the 2D version of Netflix or whatever the fuck, for 2K version of Netflix. No, this would be like the half K version of Netflix. Half K? It's half K. I don't know because the non 4K is pretty rough. Yeah. It's a pretty rough version, but yeah, it's it's just not going to be as clear. But you know what? It's free, and what makes it even better than it being free is that it doesn't have any fucking YouTube ads. Yeah. So that makes it all the case. It just it's like I I saw it. It was like man, this should look clear as fuck because I don't have to see no damn ads. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Some of the ads on YouTube, like there's a five minute video and there'll be six minutes of commercials in the middle of it. It who the fuck does that? Uh, YouTube because they need to get the money. You're not going to get the live. We're going to put every motherfucking ad in there. Apparently. Watch your video for fucking three seconds. We're going to have a five minute ad in between. Jesus. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Well, thank you so much for joining us in another episode of Jump Scare. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.